The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm Vice President of Guildhall Wealth. The phone number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. I am joined by Senior Associate and e-store manager Jerry Karaya. How you doing, Jerry? Doing very well, Jeremy. How are you? Good, good. Great. I am uh, getting geared up for this election. It's pretty much all anyone can think about right now, all that's in the news. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, you've brought some great articles talking about restructuring Bretton Woods, which was the original, not the original gold standard, but the gold standard of the 20th century. We want to get into some supply demand fundamentals on the market because I think that is really telling about where the, the precious metals market is going to go. Something, Some information about some of the negative rates. Could it happen in Canada? We'll, we'll be discussing that. And if we have time, we can get to some uh, COMEX news. But uh, Let's start off with the election. Uh, any any first initial thoughts of what you're seeing here, and will it have an effect on the metals price? My thoughts, I think it just adds to the anxiety that we already have with uh, all of the restrictions due to COVID. Um, everything is just on a high. Just picking up from last week, um, we are on the edge of our seats. Um, despite polls, I think regardless of who wins and who takes this election, the fundamentals for our market, which is money-driven and monetary policy-driven, those two things won't change. The money printing will need to continue. The stimulus will happen. Um, you know, Some are saying printing will probably be, from a Biden camp, will be much more from Biden. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're, you're right. They, they haven't passed this, the next stimulus package. They've already put out trillions, but... Obviously, as soon as the election is over, they'll put the new stimulus package out, which will be in at least $1 trillion plus. That's right. So that's even more money being created. Yeah, I think we know that if there's a um, Democrat win, you're looking at Green New Deal. Green New Deal. Uh, progressive policies, as they call it, but that's basically money printing. And um, essentially, in my personal opinion, it looks like it's um, you know simple answers for complex complex questions mm -hmm. but we know that it would be a lot of money printing green new deal would bring a lot of precious metal needs into the market in terms of uh, wind power solar power electric cars all green energy is going to take a lot of precious metals and we'll talk about that in our supply demand segment on the other hand you have the fact that the money's already been created Right, the the money's already been printed. The debts are are massive, so how how could that not be good for precious metals? There is no other way of looking at it. This is going to affect our market because when you have an exorbitant amount of money printing and potential of going negative rates or lower rates, that puts the downward pressure on the U.S. dollar index. And I always go back to the USD because that's what really we have to focus on. That's the key. And once you have money printing and you have um, stimulus and rate maneuvers on the downside, U.S. dollar index goes down, and then gold and silver historically are negatively correlated to the U.S. dollar. So topside potential ahead is great in, in precious metals. For sure. And and we've seen a lot of buying uh, the last couple of weeks. I think it, it certainly is a bit of that election pressure. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is that people are looking at and they're saying, 
I need to have it right now. And what would you say to someone who says, I'm going to wait to see? I mean, you're listening to the show on the weekend. You don't have much time. But what would you say to someone who's like, I'll wait and see what happens after before I'm acquiring precious metals? But the first part being, why are people, why is the election getting people to buy now? Because you don't wait to buy life insurance. You buy it regardless of where you are in life. You need it immediately. So if you do forecast, if you feel the sense of anxiety, uncertainty, you need precious metals. And this is why people, last year we've discussed this with many people who have had interests, but now they're getting off the fence. Yeah, I think it's interesting when we look at what happened in the last election. Um, gold took off the night of. Um, you know, I think we were in uh, under $1,300. I think we were in the 1250 range. And it, it went up like almost $100 over, over the election night. And then it went down, got hammered. Mm -hmm. And then we actually didn't re return to that $1,300 mark for about a year. Mm -hmm. It took a year to recover from that. And, and just reform that pattern of it was like $100 up every year in gold. You'd go up 100 come back down 50 and then you'd kind of regain that top and move on forward. I think the big difference this time is the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The fact that as of March, the prices came down, uh, premiums have gone way up, that there's now a physical premium to acquire the product that even if the paper price goes down, it doesn't change what the actual physical price that you pay is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that goes back to your previous question of waiting. Waiting for what? Uh, you, you were to wait and try to time this market. You don't time precious metals. This is not something we try to encourage, especially when you know that there is a shortage in precious metals. There's huge demand. The, the advice that I give to anyone is consider um, if you're thinking of a purchase, getting as much as possible right now. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. And let's talk about some of the supply demand here, Jerry, because we've noticed that the premiums went up dramatically in March. Um, we're talking almost $2 higher for a premium on, on silver bars, 100-ounce silver bars. Uh, gold also doubled it, uh, tripled its premium. Um, and, you know, it used to be a year ago, you could buy gold, maybe get it in under $50 over spot. Today, it's over $100 over spot. And clearly, that's a reflection of a lack of physical supply and very strong demand. What do you say to someone that says, I'm going to wait to see if those premiums will come back down? Wait for what? That would be my question. When we clearly see evidence of huge demand from industries, huge demand from investors, because silver especially offers, uh, it has a dual role from a monetary standpoint. It does protect against inflation, um, but at the same time, it is a industrial metal. And when you have uh, the potential of us moving towards a electric-driven and a green economy, uh, you cannot ignore silver right now. Yeah, and, and that's coming no matter what. I mean, I, I think, again, going back to the election, it doesn't matter who gets in. The fact is electric cars are, are coming on, online. 
And I was listening to an interview with Keith Newmeyer. He's the the head of uh, First Majestic. So he's way into the silver market. Uh, it's his life. And he tracks how it how it gauges in industry and things like that. And he was talking recently in an, in an interview, and he was talking about the fact that there's like a billion cars above ground, like on the mm-hmm. planet. And there's over 200 million electric cars already. And they're going to need more and more and the demand on silver for these cars is even more than just a regular car because they're filled with electronics um you know there used to there used to be the um sort of the stat that there was a quarter ounce of silver in every laptop computer and if you think of it if the price quadruples that doesn't change the need doesn't change it's price inelastic you'd still need that quarter ounce in the computer but it would just cost instead of five dollars worth of of metal, it's twenty dollars worth of metal. So it's it it doesn't really matter. But the actual supply of it is the key. There's only a billion ounces that that comes out of the ground every year. And if you have if you have two hundred million cars being produced, and that's not talking about the solar demand or medical usage demand or any other type of demand, and it's in anything electronic, anything digital you know that the price has nowhere else to go. The question is how they kept it this low for this long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when we when we look at the correlations, I have some charts in front of me regarding uh, the silver correlations to the S&P Energy Index and silver versus some solar funds. They're almost lockstep in, in moves. And some of these funds are doing very, very well, Jeremy. And this is actually uh, something that caught the, the attention of Goldman Sachs. Um, and later, actually a few weeks ago, they upped their bullish stance on silver because of this correlation, because of this drive towards renewable energy, solar industries, and the importance of silver. Um, they were quoted as saying, earlier this year, we initiated a long silver trade recommendation and then closed out of out of this after silver prices rallied by 50%, briefly touching the high in in August of $30 per ounce. And now that silver is at 24 roughly dollars per ounce and a few potential upward solar surprises in the coming months, we have reopened the trade. So they are now net long on silver. So very exciting times, especially because of this drive towards renewable energy. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Goldman Sachs only looking at it specifically from um, from an industry-driven standpoint. They're not looking at retail demand, reasons why why people that come to Guildhall every day, why people who want to pick up you know a tube of silver maples or a monster box, 500 ounces of, of silver maples or you know a few hundred ounces, why they are buying it. Goldman Sachs is just strictly looking at the demand fundamental from just one industry alone, which is solar power. So I think that that's very telling. Uh, the fact that they would go long at all and tell people, I think, is also telling. Um, it just kind of says, yeah, this is a this is probably a good time to be looking at this metal. But it is a volatile metal. So, would you want to be all in silver at this point? I'm. I actually looked back at the last few transactions and a few orders that we've been placing for many of our clients that got involved, especially last week and the week before. And I noticed that it's more or less a split between fifty-fifty gold and silver split. Um, prior to all of the chatter regarding this global reset, 
I was a little bit more bullish or more you know prone to recommending silver because of the silver to gold ratio being so wide. But um, either way, they're they're going to move in lockstep. We do know historically that silver tends to outpace and outmaneuver and and outperform gold. Yeah, it is a little bit more volatile being a smaller market above ground ounces, so you will have those swings. But in the medium to long term, it's it's only upside from here. Yeah, we'll talk about more of that upside and how to get into the market and how to hold physical precious metals in your hand, take delivery, put it in a vault, and also how to do it in a registered account, which is something that we offer here at Guildhall. We've got more supply demand to look at, restructuring of the gold standard potentially. Could we have negative rates in Canada? We'll be talking about that as well. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, we were talking about uh, the election. We've been talking about supply and demand. One thing that we also always sort of have an eye on is... Will we go back to a gold standard? There's this idea that governments can print a lot of money, right? The idea that they can create money, but they can't create wealth. Where is the limit? Where do people say, no more, I can't take it, You're, we're losing value? I think people can see it every day, right? The government's printed money. Yes, there's falling assets in real estate, and that's globally. That's not just where we're recording the show in Toronto. But, um, you know, it's all across the world you're seeing that. But you're also seeing inflation in, in simple things like food, right? And that's probably here to stay for quite some time. And obviously, as the economy recovers, so will real estate. So I think, and many articles are saying that we're headed into this sort of stagflation era like we saw in the 70s where inflation is just going through the roof, which, again, another reason to hold precious metals. But with all of this debt out there and central bankers understanding that there is a limit to how much they can actually print money there's now talk of looking at a new gold standard is that correct that is very right a lot of our you know people that are coming to guild hall especially today they're reading about this potential reset this global financial reset uh, you could do a quick search and this phenomenon will come up and there are two camps uh, regarding this. There is the IMF central bank camp that believes that they will be they will they will reinstate a gold standard with a new potential currency, and then there is another camp that talks about yes, another gold standard, but with national currencies, more on the national stage instead of a global stage. Which one will okay. we get? Uh, we don't know. But this this topic actually came up a couple weeks ago when the head of the IMF, uh, the International Monetary Fund, her name is Kristalina Georgieva. She delivered a speech that kind of pricked the ears of those actually listening, and, it, and she entitled this speech, A New Bretton Woods Moment. And we know that Bretton Woods was, uh, was the agreement that um, they, these gentlemen, about 44 gentlemen, signed the Articles of Agreement back in 1944, um, signing on the gold standard. And then it ended 27 years later after Nixon uh, removed that gold standard in 71. Yeah, see, the, the, problem, the problem that you could say about the original Bretton Woods standard is that 
they pegged it to the dollar and dollar was pegged at $35 an ounce gold. So they didn't allow for if the if the US printed money that would automate automatically inflate the price of gold. So in other words, the US government could print money, but they were still pegged at $35 an ounce. And that became problematic after the 60s when the government was printing so much money to pay for the Vietnam War that all of a sudden it was people, countries around the world were looking at the US saying, how can gold be worth $35 an ounce when you've printed all of this money and and the money was convertible to gold. So they'd say, give me the gold. Mm-hmm. And eventually they ran out of the gold and didn't want to give up any more gold. Right. And they didn't want to reprice the gold. So they let it float. And of course, the price of gold then goes up to a high of 850 within a decade. That's right. So she goes on to elude that because of the risks that we have started to in, you know, see in the market. See stuff. in the market with the money printing and the trillions of, of debt that was just printed in the past few few months, uh, she says that we have to take measures to prevent a buildup of financial risks over the medium term. And her solution beyond this, she says where debt is unsustainable, it should be restructured, restructured without delay. And we are, this is the restructuring we're talking about, the potential, uh, the gold standard coming back on board for us. Well, I think ultimately, you know, and then as well, did you see that article that came out about the 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 Chinese yuan going digital. Yes. They're, they're, they tried it and a lot of people didn't like it. <laughs> they're too used to just paying for things with cash, like straight out of their accounts. Um, there, it was a good article. We'll put it in our newsletter, but it did say sort of there were major issues with having a crypto backed currency or a currency that's just a crypto, which is you can lock people's accounts. This one was talking about the fact that in China, they already had fraud. Mm-hmm. They already had people that were able to pay with a digital wand that was that was a a, a fake digital wand currency, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty amazing that that was already happening. Um, so there was definitely some some problems there. Obviously, your account could be locked all of these very yeah. easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, what happens? I think the idea is that you have to bring some credibility back to the system, and I think that's where precious metals come into play. Oftentimes when we do have discussions with people about crypto and things like that, I always find that there is the future and we don't know what the future will hold, but certainly the bridge to that is going to be gold. A perfect, a perfect, uh, well, for me, a case in point would be when the European nations went over to the Euro, went over to the Euro. Um, if you just con- converted your fiat currency, like the Italian lira, straight over to the over to the euro you lost a ton mm-hmm. right or if you look at brexit right after brexit the british pound lost a t- lost 30%, 30% against a basket of currencies but if you held if you ha- had your wealth in gold that convertibility was much smoother you maintained your wealth instead of losing 30% of the value or 60% against the dollar when you converted into a new currency so i think the idea of eventually being backed by a currency that may have um, credibility I think you still need a bridge to get there, and I think that's where gold comes into play. That's that's where the trust is found. That we are we are in a time where, you know, very limited trust is everywhere. And when we look at our finances, you cannot keep printing the currency over and over again without negative repercussions. This is the reason for this gold standard to bring back some form of trust, and 
Jim Rickards actually expanded on this meeting from the IMF, and he calculates that gold, that should gold form just 40% of a new currency, the price of gold would need to be $14,000 per ounce. And many people may scoff, but Bitcoin right now is $13,000 per ounce, and that's digital. And his argument, our argument is to look at our finances. It's time to kind of undigitize some of your wealth and either be on board with this reset or go through that new currency transition with tremendous risks ahead. Let's mitigate, get positioned in gold, because if at a $14,000 US gold price at the silver to gold ratio at 80 to 1, that would put silver at $175 per ounce. Some are saying it can go back to 35 to 1, which would bring silver at $400 per ounce. In my heart of hearts, I believe that we could probably go back to 15 to 1. And that would put silver at $933 per ounce. And again, remember back Sorry, in how much? 933 US dollars per ounce. And remember back in 1980, it took 2,000 ounces a physical silver to buy an average house in the US. What's the average house price? 1.5, 1 million, one and a half. Well, at 15 to one ratio, $933 per ounce, 2,000 ounces of silver is worth 1.8 million price of a house. Wow, the, the number 18778 silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Let's review those numbers again because what's interesting is, you know, Jim Rickards can throw out a number of 14,000. Oh, maybe that sounds ridiculous. Um, not if you see the way housing prices have increased, not if you see the way stock prices have increased. I mean, it wasn't terribly long ago, the bottom of the stock market was 6,500 points That's right. in the Dow. Uh, now it's trading at 27-ish, 27,000-ish. At the peak of gold markets, gold has, in the last three major bull markets, gold hit a one-to-one -one ratio. So that would mean if the Dow did not go down at all and gold went to rise to it, it would be gold would be rising to $27,000 an ounce. If it came down, if the stock market came down and gold moved up, even at a two-to-one ratio, that still puts gold somewhere around 10000 plus to one. And uh, so you can kind of gauge the value of gold and how to know when to buy and sell it in many respects by understanding how many ounces it takes to buy something. That's right. So you can look at Rickard's projection in several different ways and say, yeah, that actually can make very common sense in terms of where the price could go. And of course, you're right with silver. We talked a little bit about demand. Let's talk more about demand and see what that would look like with silver going to a 16 to one ratio. And then of course, we also have to talk about how you can get into the market with some physical precious metals. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the website guildhallwealth.com, the number one eight seven seven eight silver We've been talking gold standard here with our e-store manager and senior associate, Jerry Karaya. Jerry, this idea of going back to a gold standard, what they would need to do to the price of gold to get it to a place where that matched the debt, right? We talked about ratios in the last segment, and that's another thing that we could look at. How many ounces of gold to, to that debt would we have to go? And one of the things I, I observed this week, which was kind of interesting, is, you know, in 2008, the Fed did quantitative easing. 
over a period of three years. And gold went from, you know, it was trading around 900 an ounce, a little lower than that. And it went up to about $1,900 an ounce, $1,800, $1,900 an ounce. So it more than doubled. It went up about 150% in three years. And that was the Fed adding $3 trillion to its balance sheet, which they did in three months back in Mar March, April, May. So if you take that figure, you would look at gold and you'd say, well, okay, well, gold was trading at, let's say, $2,000 an ounce. Um, well, I guess it was trading around 1600 so if you double that, you're up to 3,200. And if you add another $1,000 to that, you're already at almost $4,500 an ounce to equal what the Fed has just printed. Right. We're only up to, to basically $2,000 an ounce at this point. I think today we traded 1880. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've seen the high of 2100. It's a lot of numbers. The point being, the Fed has already doubled the size of its balance sheet in three months instead of three years. And gold has not done all that much. It's definitely just it's a sleeper right now, and history shows it will correlate. It will jump with these type of monetary, monet, mad monetary policies that they really don't have any choice of doing, keeping rates extra low, printing the money, and stimulating as much as possible. I mean, $7.5 trillion. That's astronomical in just the, the past few months. Canada, we brought up last week that the Canada Central Bank assets growth is up to 460% versus its GDP. Such a small nation we are, 30, 38 million people. And this is unsustainable. And, and this morning, actually, we're recording on Friday. This morning, the, the government was just saying that they're planning on spending... 500 billion on sp social programs nothing Easily. to do with nothing to do with with crisis and bailouts and and um you know financial aid it's just no we we're printing money let's print more mm -hmm. um and again i think that the takeaway should always be governments can create money but they cannot create wealth and that money has to come from somewhere so even if they give you something free for a while you got to pay for it somewhere yeah, it does they, they have to, you have to pay for it somewhere, and and I feel that it gets paid for by taxes and inflation, and you have to pay your taxes. But one way to fight inflation is the metals. They have always been an inflation fighter. Gold and silver have averaged over ten percent a year for the last twenty years, mm -hmm. which beats inflation. That's right. So you have your inflation rebate, and I think right now the options for for people of where to hold money, right? Precious metals are not an investment, they're an asset. And when people are looking at, can I hold my money in real estate that's dropping? Should I hold my money in the, in the stock market that's overvalued and it could pop at any time? Do I sit there and have it in the bank at less than 1% interest and then know that I'm losing against inflation as we speak? The options start to run out and I think that's why you see a lot of people moving into the physical assets like gold and silver. That's right. People just don't want to roll their dice with their wealth anymore, right? And now we've talked about the fact that there's printing money going on. There's also the low interest rates. What do you think the propensity is for the government to go negative in Canada? And what do you think that would look like for the regular Canadian if they went into their, logged onto their bank account and saw that they were getting negative interest rates it was co well, now costing money to have money in their savings account well look we got to address the reality of this potentially happening this has been a topic uh, since 2015 it was brought up under steve polos the then governor of bank of canada brought it up they embraced the possibility as a strategic 
method of, of options. It was discussed in 2015, fast forward to today. And the new Bank of Canada governor, Tiff Macklem, says that negative interest rates are an option. And he goes on to say that it's in the Bank of Canada's toolkit and to never say never. What does this look like? You brought up inflation. We have to try to beat at least 2% inflation. That's what the government That's says. That's what the government says, but we, we think otherwise sometimes. And then you start going negative. If you're parking in cash or if you're holding some sort of a GIC and they start going negative, you're paying more. And what's to say that they're just going to go a 0.25% basis point negative? What if it's larger? What if it's 1%, 2% negative? This is destructive. We have never seen this before. Um, we, we see this experiment happening in Europe to their detriment. It's, it's a horrible scenario. So maybe they will look at Europe and say, you know, yeah, we have it in our toolkit. Uh, their toolkit consists of basically buying, printing money, buying assets themselves. <clears throat> Again, they don't create wealth. They just created money and bought those assets or, or interest rates. Right? right, and they're already at all-time lows. And it's interesting that even with all-time lows, the real estate market's still suffering. That's right. right. That's a kind of an interesting thing to think of when everyone looks at real estate and says, "Oh, shouldn't you know interest rates are low? We can borrow more. the The market should be going up." But that's absolutely not the case. And again, it's not just Toronto; it's it's all around the globe that that that's happening. So I think there's a definitely room in the portfolio to have an insurance policy. And Jerry, what are some of the ways that people can get involved in physical metals at Guildhall? One eight seven seven eight silver is the easiest method. Give us a call to discuss your personal scenario. Um, I've always found that, especially if you're a first-time investor, you're now getting into the market. You want to, you know, take delivery of it. You want it in your possession. You feel free to do that. You can place your order online at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. I manage that so I can assist you with walking you through those orders, um, talking about you know what you know what your budget is. Are you interested more in silver or gold? We can have that conversation. We're not just um, here to book orders. We're here to talk to you about your your personal scenario, what your goals are. We want to hear from you. Um, or some people have uh, registered plans. How many accounts have we opened up in the past week? Oh, the past week, um, it's been at least a dozen that we've opened in the past week. And the key with what we're offering is it's physical, it's allocated, it's segregated, it's stored in Toronto. That means that your product is separated from all other holdings at the vault. You're gonna get an inventory report with the serial numbers of your specific bars listed on an inventory report slash warehouse receipt. So this proves direct ownership of the metal. You know, back in March, uh, Jerry, you had people panicking and, and all they wanted was toilet paper. And the people who thought they owned gold went to their broker and said, I want my gold. And then they found out, guess what? The ETF, the gold-backed fund, the certificate, the whatever you thought you were in, it's not really yours. There Surprise. was there was a counterparty risk to that. Well, with the precious metals registered accounts with Guildhall, it is direct ownership. There is no counterparty risk. You can go to the vault and personally audit. You could even take delivery of it if you wanted to pay your withholding tax out of a registered account. Or if it's a TFSA, you decide, ah, you know what, I just want to take delivery. There's no withholding tax. You just, it's a letter of direction and it's yours. So you can contact us. We're more than happy to walk you through what that looks like. The number 18778 silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. We've got some good, interesting 
COMEX news, the commodity exchange where the price is uh, discovered for precious metals. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, and then we'll just wrap it all up. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Wow, Jerry, we've covered a lot of topics today, which I think is is uh, interesting for, for a show. You know, we've talked about restructuring the financial system to a new gold standard. We've talked a, a little bit about what could happen if, you know, what happens uh, next week after the election, um, which I think for metals, either way, it's, it's going to be a good thing. And uh, one thing that um, I saw on Arcadia Economics, their uh, YouTube channel, and they've got a lot of a lot of great interviews. YouTube is an amazing resource. They've just been blowing up for precious metals. There's new new channels popping up all the time and doing great interviews. And uh, you know, spending 15 minutes on us on one interview can you can learn so much about the markets. And Arcadia is a, a great channel that we would recommend. He had a, a gentleman on who was talking about. The COMEX, the Commodities Exchange in New York, that's where the price, that's the price mechanism, discovery mechanism. And, um, you know, it's it's based off the paper market with a very small amount of physical. So you have this paper price that you see on your screen, and then there's the cost to actually buy it. And that's where this supply-demand fundamentals coming in that, why are the premiums so high? Because the paper price might say this. But to actually get it, because there's a lack of physical product, the price has to be this much higher as a result. That just tells you the price has to rise significantly. Mm-hmm. But this gentleman was discussing this new category on the COMEX. So on the COMEX, there was, uh, you had the bullion banks, the commercial mm-hmm. mar- market. You had the managed money section, right? So that would be hedge funds and uh, pension funds. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, at some point after the repo rate debacle uh, last year, you had this other category thrown in there called other reportables. And this other reportables is basically wealthy families, right? So the the, the Jerry Karaya Wealth Fund, right? For, his, for the Karaya family estate. And then there's billionaires. And so it's not managed money. It's people trading very, very rich people trading their own accounts. And back in March, they recorded the long, the largest long position. They went massively, massively long on the price of metals, meaning they expect the prices to go much, much higher. And the difference is, is this category on the comics are actually taking physical delivery versus a pension fund or a hedge fund where they might just roll over the paper with no intention to take delivery. They're just looking for a mechanism to get exposure, quote unquote. Um, but in this case, this category looks to take delivery of the physical product. This is going to be big, big changes for the market, don't you think? Especially the way that silver and gold are, are priced. I mean, this is potentially the crosshairs on the comics, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think that... You know, they're already in trouble. They've already gone from having, what, six banks that controlled the price and did the price fix every morning down to, I think, two banks, right? Scotiabank is not doing it. Deutsche Bank isn't doing it. I think they're down to, I 
I'm not quite sure. It's I don't follow it that closely, but I think it's J.P. Morgan and maybe Goldman Sachs yeah. doing it now. But uh, so that shrunk, and now you have a massive demand out of the metal. There's exchange for physical, which is a whole other mechanism that's used. It's like a backdoor mechanism to to relieve. It's sort of like the the steam valve on a pressure cooker. This idea of this exchange for physical, they basically send you over to London to say, here's a here's a ticket. Go over there, and they'll give you the physical metal, and we don't know how long you're going to be in line to get that metal. So that's a very interesting proposition, um, which will fail. And then now you have this, where you've got basically s these massively wealthy entities who are saying, I need to get into metals. And you know, when we talk to people every day, Jerry, we're looking at people, again, we people maybe they've sold real estate. Maybe they don't want to get into the stock market. They're, they're <clears throat> looking at the cash in their banks and they're saying, well, I don't feel safe having all that cash in the bank. Plus I'm not getting anything for it. So it's just, I'm losing just to sit there. Well, that might be for someone with, with, you know, a million dollars. Well, what if you've got a hundred million dollars? What do you do? What are your choices? And we know that there are a lot of billionaires out there who have discussed over the years that they believe that the place to be right now is precious metals. That's the smart money in this. We have to do this on our own scales. Um, you, you may not be a millionaire or a billionaire, or, you know, but you can do one thing and follow the trend of this smart money phenomenon. This family, th these, these wealthy families had the clout to create another category on the comics. This is crazy insane news, um, but I want to encourage our listeners, our followers to give us a call and have a you know, have a real conversation, bring this up to your financial planners. And, you know, last week we did discuss a little bit about the planners who don't offer gold and silver, and we understand the reasons why. But then there are a pocket of financial planners and accountants that do recommend precious metals. And I want to, you know, give a shout out and kudos to some of the financial planners that are bringing some of their clients to us and entrust us with their clients to, to, you know, actually protect their portfolio and do what they want to, you know, offer the thing that the clients really want. So I want to just give a kudos and a shout out to those financial planners who are working with us. It is an honor to be able to work with you and to be another tool in your toolkit and to support your excellent business and growth. So I uh, just want to encourage any listeners out there, if you're a financial planner, get in touch with us. We want to, you know, work with you and, 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 you know, do what is best for the clients out there. Yeah, the number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's totally true. We don't. We're, we're not the panacea <laughs> answer for everything. No. And um, the fact is, is that you know, precious metals are a portion of the portfolio. Now, yes, it's true. A lot of a lot of our clients have more than the typical 10, 15%, they might be well over 30%. And that's a comfort level. We like to use the idea of the sleep at night rule, right? If you're not sleeping at night because you're worried about uh, your investments, maybe you need to have more metals. If you're up all night thinking about what the price of silver did yesterday, maybe you have too much silver, right? Um, but certainly we love advisors. We just, we want, we like the advisors that are looking at the portfolio as an overall uh, something overall and especially since the idea of a properly diversified portfolio and this is something you taught me jerry is that it has to be negatively correlated to the portfolio That's so right. if you have a whole portfolio in the stock market 
doesn't matter how diversified it is, it's actually all positively correlated to the dollar. You talked earlier that if the US dollar tanks, it really doesn't matter what the stocks are doing. They would have to be they would have to be racing up a hill in terms of how much they're gaining mm-hmm. versus the loss on the on the dollar. And that could be the Canadian dollar too, which I think given how much money they've created, there's really nowhere it's it can't go up. No. <laughs> like yeah, I'd like to know how the Canadian dollar grows in value after the the government's printing all this money it just can't and that's why you have to protect yourself but gold and silver are negatively correlated to the dollar and that's why if you look at a chart you would see on on gold against a a basket of currencies it's a sea of green Mm -hmm. it yes there's a down there's a down year here and there but overall it's a sea of green so you realize oh gold is hedging against the dollar devaluation that's the insurance portion of your portfolio. So you can start small. You can do, uh, you know, get some in your hand, as we like to say, and then learn, see how that feels. And then you can move up to something like a storage account or even perhaps put it into your registered account. Um, Jerry, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I can't wait to do it again next week. Um, I hope our listeners have learned a lot today. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. And you have been listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.